2: Philadelphia's pop-up, sometimes controversial, BYO everything pop-up, dress in all white, elegant dinner is back this year following a year of COVID.
1: We're back and we're very excited. We're returning on Thursday, August 12th.
2: And as the world emerges from the pandemic, this year's event will be a little bit smaller than usual.
1: I'm excited for the location. Part of the reduction in size has meant that we were able to look at locations that we had outgrown. This is
2: a podcast about food in and around Philadelphia.
0: That's a quick, delicious flavor. It was
2: really hard for me to get into it. Stories from behind the kitchen. This is a wood-burning oven from Italy. It is intense. And hear about quirky stuff, too. Eat a pint of ice cream as quickly as you can, and then resume the 5K. This is What's Cooking on KYW. I'm Hadass Kuznets with Natanya DeBona, who is co-host of Philadelphia's Dinner on Blanc, or also you can say Dine on Blanc. She will tell you how it's said, but you went on hiatus for COVID, and now you're back.
1: We're back and we're very excited. We're returning on Thursday, August twelfth, and we're we're just thrilled to um, to see our guests again. Okay, so explain to people what is dinner on blanc and how do you get involved? So it's a pop up dinner party where everyone wears white. It started in Paris in nineteen eighty eight. They decided to wear white so they could recognize each other since so many people are always out enjoying public space. So they wore white, brought their tables and chairs, and set up for a shared dinner. We started in two thousand and twelve, so this will be our ninth event and. Everyone brings tables, chairs to a location that is secret. They're led there after they've registered for a departure point. And um, they just enjoy a great meal and a, a great party in public space in Philadelphia.
2: I'm sure you get a lot of new people coming every year. What like What's the response from the newbies that discover this every year?
1: I think everyone agrees that their first year is the best because it really is such a unique experience. It's like nothing else that anyone's experienced. And to see a space that might not normally be seen as a spot to congregate transform and set up so quickly and then break down at the very end. It is very magical and an amazing communal experience. So I, I think they really enjoy it after they've attended for the first time. And it's not just a dinner. It's like an event. It is. It's definitely, first of all, it's an adventure. So you have to come willing to do a little bit of work. Everyone does their part. They go to the departure point. There might be a little bit of waiting, but you are then led to the space and then everyone is responsible for their piece. So it really just transforms it. So the big thing is that it's a secret where you're going. Yes, it is a secret. So there's no emails or, you know, text messages. You're led there by your table leader. And this year it's all walking groups because we knew people might not be be so comfortable getting on subways or chartered buses. So everyone is walking with their table leader to the location. And all, it's usually in, it's Philadelphia. Yes, it's always in Philadelphia. We try to really pick historic or iconic spots, some places that you might not think of, like we were at the Avenue of the Arts or on the JFK Bridge, and then some other areas that might be, you know, at top of mind, like the Art Museum. It it changes every year, but it really reflects Philly each year.
2: What are you most looking forward to this year?
1: I think it's just seeing everyone again. We really have missed it's, you know, we've had people have been coming since 2012, so it's kind of a community and a family, especially with our volunteers. So I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. Last year we did something where everyone did their own and set up on their patios and their decks and lawns. So we kept it alive last year, but it'll be really great to be in person this year.
2: And you have to tag it. I mean, this really is the ultimate Instagrammable dinner. It is. So you kept it alive online.
1: We did, yes. And people did great submissions. I mean, we had beach scenes, porches, people who went to park and had a nod to the event there. So everyone celebrated in their own remote way last year.
2: What is the most difficult part of organizing something of this caliber.
1: I think it's all of the moving parts. uh, Certainly as we've gotten larger, it's more volunteers, it's more departure points, it's more moving pieces. And it's just really trying to communicate to our guests how much is involved and what it takes to pull off and that there's certain times that some glitches happen. And that is the nature of putting you know something together that gathers that many people. You certainly have
2: captured the attention of Philadelphians. And I feel like nothing says more about how integrated you are into the culture by the criticism that you've received over the years and you've
1: persisted through it. You want to like comment on that? (laughs) Yes, it's um, quintessentially Philadelphia. We are unique in that respect um, compared to some of the other cities in the U.S. who do the event. But we embrace it. We know that there's going to be critics and we know there's going to be some copycats. And to that, we've always said, as long as you're out enjoying public space and having a great meal, that is totally fine by us. But we always really take the feedback of our guests as most important. And we always try to improve and take feedback and make it better each year.
2: Does it ever get under your skin like the criticism that surrounds the event sometimes or do you take it as a compliment?
1: <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't take it personally sometimes but um again it's trying to sort through what's just noise and then listen to what's you know a valid concern or a complaint. And
2: I don't think people realize that like when they complain about it like you know cuz you're the person that sees everything, right?
1: Yes, I am. So I'm the person at 4 a.m. that's sorting through the emails and going through the Instagram messages. So yes, we see it all and we've got a great team that is constantly sharing things amongst ourselves. So we have eyes everywhere.
2: Logistically, what are some things that you've learned over the years that you've improved on?
1: Um, I think it's been communication with our leaders, making maps for guests when they get there, that they're text so they know. We often have roaming musicians and different activations. It's not like theater. It's not like you're sitting in a seat and everything you can see. So we want people to to get up from their table and walk around and see everything that's offered. So sending everyone a map once they get to the event has been one of those things we've approved upon. Last year, we had some issues with loading into the space. So this year, there's multiple entrances. So that's um, not a concern. But obviously, since we do it in a, a different location each year, it poses new problems each year. Now, as a
2: participant, which you are not, you're the organizer Co host. Can you kind of give us insight as to like how people have gotten better at being participants through the years?
1: Yeah. So I fortunately was a participant before I planned the event. I went to the first event in Montreal and since then I've gone to Paris twice. We led 250 people from Philadelphia to that event. And um, I've gone to many other cities and hiccups happen. Lateness happens. There's delays. I've had a missed bus or, you know, I had to go 40 minutes out of the city to come back to the event being right by my hotel in Paris. So I think trying to communicate to guests that those things are part of the adventure. And I think our guests have learned that. I think our guests also learned to pack lighter. You know, one comment I heard was, I'm i really feeling, you know, my centerpiece in my shoulder the next day. So that next year, that woman didn't pack quite such an elaborate centerpiece. So I think, you know, everyone learns from doing it once.
2: But some people do pack a lot of stuff, but and that makes it, like, really special.
1: Absolutely. And people, because everyone comes as a table of two, you have a partner to carry your table. The tables roll up. They go on your shoulder pretty easy. But, you know, you're sharing, carrying your chairs as well as your dinner. People plan in groups, so they'll bring, you know, meals that they share across tables as well as centerpieces. And we've seen some incredible, incredible displays as well as costumes. The last event, we had a Game of Thrones group that was incredible. So people really get into it. It's a lot of fun. So when you
2: plan out the space, you go to a public space and you have to set it up for people to set up. Do you take into consideration we need space for people to put their stuff?
1: We do. And the fact that we... um. Say that your table has to be between twenty-eight and thirty-two inches is purposeful for us to help, you know, uh plot out the location, um, the, the layout of the location. And you do have to take it into account that people will have bags. We try and discourage carts only because in most years you're not sure if you're going a subway or what, but just try and carry as much as you can on your shoulders is what we advise. But yes accommodating for all of the the other stuff that comes along is part of it
2: any interesting hiccups that you've seen that you' want to mention that are noteworthy
1: um I don't know no you know hiccups necessarily but I definitely have seen people be ambitious bringing like wrought iron tables that they had to carry and definitely we advise against that lighter the better
2: what are your like say top couple of uh, top three dinner on blanc tips
1: pack light is definitely the first one wear flats and bring your heels in a bag if you plan on wearing them just because you never know what the commute will be like and you also don't know what this uh, site will be like and the third one is to just meet people be social you're seated next to sometimes people you don't know to your left or your right be open have conversations and it's a great way to meet people you know we have lifelong friendships that have formed from people attending this event so that's i think the most rewarding part of it
2: So events are coming back. How do you plan for this? It seems like every day there's a new regulation and things are changing.
1: Yes. We knew we wanted to come back in a safe way this year, if possible. And when we started looking at the possibility within two weeks after first investigating it, everything had changed. So it's really been rapidly moving in a good way. We obviously know that there will be people who are just still not comfortable coming back. And we understand that, but we think the way things are moving that it's going to be safe and in a way that people will feel welcome. And it's
2: going to be smaller this year.
1: It is. We've decided to reduce by half the capacity just to be sensitive to people's concerns. And it just felt like the right thing to do this year.
2: Are you spreading out a little more,
1: too? The design of our layout is a little more spacious, but, you know, it's, it's going to look like a regular any other year, just fewer people.
2: Are you worried about COVID? Are there COVID precautions that are being taken?
1: I'm personally not. Our team is all vaccinated and we feel safe. It's also all outdoors, but that's why we, you know, eliminated subway and bus because we just wanted to um, make sure that people could focus on enjoying um, the time outside.
2: So how can you get invited to an event like this? Who can come?
1: So you can put your name on our wait list on our website, which is philadelphia.dinneronblanc.com and that's dinner with one n d i n e r diner. so that's where you can put your name to the wait list if you know someone in in normal times we have a way you can be recommended by friends this year because it's smaller it's going to be a little bit different but next year's our 10th anniversary and we will return to scale and so we we welcome everyone to uh, come back next year
2: that'll be the big one at some super special event to be announced
1: Yes, but we all are already thinking about it. It's a big one. We're very excited.
2: But the ninth is going to be good too? I don't
1: know. I'm excited for the location. Part of the reduction in size has meant that we were able to look at locations that we had outgrown um, in the last few years. So that definitely holds true for this location. So maybe that'll get people thinking of maybe some smaller spots that we could fit.
2: When does registration open?
1: It opens the middle of July. I believe the week of July 12th.
2: So get your name on that. You'll get an email, register when registration opens, and then hopefully
1: go to the event. Yes, and watch social media. We're always posting on Instagram and Facebook and on our website.
2: What are you most looking forward to this year after COVID?
1: After COVID, like I said, just really being back with friends and seeing people that I haven't seen in so many years. It's really, it's been long. It's been two years and just enjoying the city. I think um, a lot of us, I happen to live outside of the city and haven't been spending as much time in Philadelphia the last year. And so I really am looking forward to celebrating the city and being back. So
2: the last large scale event was what year? 2019. So then 20 was off and now you're back in 21. We are. All right. 19, (laughs)
1: 2021. Yes. Wow. I know. Crazy. It just seems like one continuous day. Never ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, yes, it does. (laughs) Sometimes.
2: (laughs) All right. Once again, the website to check it out and to register is?
1: Philadelphia.dinneronblanc.com.
2: Natanya DeBona is the co-host. Before we finish, you have a co-host, Kaylee.
1: Yep. Kaylee Moran is our co-host. We have a planning team and then 100 plus volunteers this year um, will be helping us bring the event back. So we owe everything to our volunteers. They make it happen.
2: So how many people know the secret location?
1: Um, Well, we just told our planning team this week and outside of them, it's just a few people at the city so far. So
2: so what kind of, like, punishment do they get if they let it slip? Like, what happened to you?
1: <laughs> I think everyone respects that that's the novelty of it, that people want to be surprised, that they don't want, you know, to read it in the paper where they're going. But also, from a, the city's perspective, it's its a safety. You know, we just want to ensure um, that our guests get to the event safely and that nothing happens. So it, it's mystique as well as um, practicality. Well, have a great event and welcome back to
2: Dinner on Block, Philadelphia in the city. Natanya.
1: Thank you so much. We're thrilled to be back. That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on
2: KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at foodinthe215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Hadass Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadass Kuznet, and that's what's cooking.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.